Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, what up, Yins guys? It's your girl, Kim here, and welcome again to another Bravo East Coast Housewives. Still kicking it. With mom and dad in Pittsburgh, you know, a girl's gotta, a girl's just gotta do what she's gotta do, okay? But going back to the shy, okay? Next two weeks, yes, excited. But am I really? Because there's still nothing really going on. I'm just over all of this, as we all know. You are too. So let's not dilly-dally, you know what I mean? Let's just get right into it. What the bravo! And honestly, I really need to figure out a goddamn melody or something to go transition from one section to another. I'm kind of feeling that I'm not as funny as I think that I am. And yet again, I'm laughing at myself. God, Kim, calm the fuck down. Okay, let's get what the bravo. What the bravo? Okay, first things first. I'm super upset that we only have one more episode of our Gal Pals from New York City season finale this Thursday. I mean, first of all, it's going to be a blazing, amazing shit show in the most positive manner that I can say. First of all, love the fact that everyone's looking good with their sparkle, sparkle all around. Yes, well, we see Leah... She's going to open up something about Tinsley, the way that the producers edit it, you know. Seems like Dorinda's getting all defensive as soon as she hears the word, the name. Tinsdale. I mean, Tinsley. So I'm anxious to see what happens there. But let's do the big news, okay? This happened literally last Tuesday. And when I saw it, I was just like, fuck, my episode... This was last week. Fuck, my episode's already done. Like, I won't have time to put this up. But this happened last Tuesday, people. You already know, probably, Dorinda is gone. She's not coming back next season. There are many, many, many speculations that she was fired because of the attitude that she showed this past season. That's hearsay. I don't I don't really think it's true. But I also could be wrong. But the reason why I don't think it's true is because Dorinda put that shit on her Instagram and just sort of explained that, oh, all chapters must come to an end, blah, blah, blah. But was it true? Did she get fired? Hmm. Moving on. Real Housewives Beverly Hills. We saw the season finale last week. Brandy Glanville. This is all about her. This is all about you, Brandy Glanville. So, Brandy Glanville is accusing Bravo producers, honey, for using her as a storyline for the Beverly Hills housewives and refusing to pay her as a housewife. And then she also claims to say that our housewives are not authentic. So back to the Bravo producers. She says, and this is a quote from the reality website that I get my dish. She says, They call me back for a couple of things. I make no money, and then they use me the whole season for their PR. That's how I think Brandy sounds, because I think she's a whiny little bitch, and she just annoys me, and I'm clearly not a fan of hers. But who knows? Maybe she's actually a really good person. I don't think so. That's just my own opinion. My own opinion. Okay? Now, 
She also says this. She says, I think with this group especially, they're afraid of the truth. They all want to keep their truth in the closet and they think that they can protect it. So I came on and I was speaking the truth and I started getting cease and desist left and right. And I'm like, wait, we're supposed to be talking about our lives. End quote by Brandy. Well, you know, she is just such a sharp tool in the shed, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, so clearly might have been the whole storyline about Brandy, but I personally think I heard somewhere, isn't she coming back? Isn't she going to be one of the housewives next season? God, I hope not, because if that's the case, I may stop watching because I am not a huge fan of hers, and I just think that she is shady. As one of the Married to Medicine ladies said in one of their previews, she is meh. C. And I don't trust her. I don't trust her. But we'll have to see. So yeah, she is claiming that she needs to get paid. It almost sounds like the whole Charisse thing, to be honest, because we're we're hearing through the grapevine that Charisse wants to be back on the show too. And she's doing it right now and she's getting nothing for it because she just wants to be known again. <sighs> now, speaking of Charisse, let's go to our gals my queen really Giselle and Miss Karen Huger the grandum are they on good terms well Giselle goes on Lala's podcast with Randall right give me some Lala whatever the hell it's called apparently it's a really good podcast check it out but she goes on Lala's podcast and she this is Giselle she's saying you know they have their ebb and flows during the season like they usually do they're like the cool frenemies but they always get back to normal and they love each other and all that kind of stuff But we see eventually later on this season, something happens between the two of them and Giselle ain't all about it. So she says that the way that they ended the season was not so good because she didn't like something Karen had to have done. So since then, she hasn't spoken to the grand dame since filming wrapped. Hmm. What do you think happened? Here's my assumption. I think, because this past episode that we just saw, they were at Monique's lake house saying, hey, let's play a game. Let's get to know each other deeper. Karen brings up the whole, Giselle, how are you with Jamal with the whole cheating thing and all that kind of shit comes up. You can see that Giselle is clearly a little uncomfortable. So I think personally that it may have something to do with that. Maybe she goes on a little bit deeper within the season about that particular questioning that could be slightly uncomfortable for anybody. So I have a feeling it may be the Jamal thing. We'll see. Okay, let's continue with our Real Housewives of Potomac, but also Married to Medicine ladies. This was really cool. So Giselle and Jamal went to the March on Washington this past weekend with their girls alongside with Wendy and Candace. That's super dope. Also, we see the Married to Medicine ladies. They served as medical advisors at the march as well. They were also offering testing for COVID-19 at a mobile testing site presented by America. Know your status. First of all, that's fucking amazing. These girls are badass. And obviously, they're marching for the change that we've needed for fucking ever. I also read that Jamal spoke at the private memorial for George Floyd. And during that time, he urged the black community to exercise their right to vote. He says, even when you render us paralyzed, we still know how to crawl. We're going to crawl to the polls if we have to. So we've all been talking about it. Let's use the voices that we have and let's take it to the polls. Go vote. Now, from that, let's transition to our main events with our New York ladies and our Potomac ladies. Are you excited? You should be because I am. So let's go. 
All right, so let's start off with New York. Leah is having a 15-year anniversary party for her Married to the Mob clothing line. And we also see that it's Dorinda's party, birthday party, but we see that later on in the episode. But first off, it's all about Leah, Miss Leah, Leah, Leah. So you also see before the whole party starts, Sonia's trying to renovate her townhouse because she's still trying to sell the damn thing, which I read somewhere she didn't sell it, and she now... Just moved back into it. I read that somewhere. Then you have Ramona and Luann. They are having dinner at Ramona's house. And they are also reflecting about the trip in Mexico with Dorinda being so happy. I mean, angry, of course. Uh, She was being so angry. And Luann also told Ramona that she feels that things are unsettled between her and Dorinda. From their conversation in Mexico, whenever Dorinda was trying to brush it under the rug and said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. You're a coward. Blah, blah, blah. All that kind of shit. You know, the Dorinda-isms that we all love. Eventually, Leah's party happens. Yes, it's not in Dorinda's part of town. First of all, it was fucking hilarious. Did you see what she was wearing? First, she looked like a million bucks. She looked great. Definitely wasn't the appropriate attire for the party because clearly Leah's clothing line, it's all streetwear. And she even said in her, uh, she even said in her confessional, she's like, I don't know about you, Dorinda, but like I made all my money from my sweatpants and my shirt. So that's kind of what the brand is. I guess she found out whenever she got there. And the reason why she said that is because... (laughs) Dorinda's like, oh, look at all these people. Are they going to change out of their pajamas? Well, first off, it's 2020, and I think pajamas are pretty much all that we wear anymore because we can't get out of the motherfucking house. Eventually, Dorinda and Leah are speaking to Elise because, yes, she just arrived, and they were talking about the end of her friendship with Ramona, the Ramona Coaster, as I like to call her, Roro. So whenever they were talking about the end of an era of Ramona and Elise's friendship, Leah brings up the fact that Ramona literally told Leah, you cannot invite Elise to your party. Seriously? Oh my God, that is so Ramona. It is on brand. And aren't we sick and tired of people saying, that's so on brand for you. That's so, well, guess what? That was on motherfucking brand for Ramona and it was great and I loved it. Leah obviously didn't fucking listen. She's like, who are you going to tell me who I can and cannot invite for my own gosh darn party? Like, Ramona, bye, bitch. Hello. So we also learned that Leah's mom, Bunny, is there, and she makes a lovely little speech about how proud of her daughter that she is. That was a really beautiful moment to me because you could see that Leah was so excited. She felt like she was getting an acceptance from her mother, and I think she really still struggles with that from her upbringing and how she was kind of a troublemaker when she was younger. So it was cool to see that her mother was validating her in the way that I guess she was always looking for, and it was really nice. Eventually, we also see the party's over. Yay, yay, yay. Sonia meets a bunch of hot guys there. I'll get there in a little bit when it comes to her quotes because they were fucking hilarious. And Sonia Morgan, you're a goddess. And thank you for being on God's green earth. We love you so much. So after the party, Luann, we see her meeting with a book writer because, of course, like every other Bravo celebrity, it seems, I feel like I should write a fucking book. I got a lot to say. So Luann's writing a book. But before that, Luann called Ramona and said, hey, why the hell did you leave Leah's party? Like, what the fuck? This is messed up. And then, you know, Ramona, she's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it wasn't my, like, 50 girlfriends. Okay? It was basically like that in a nutshell. 
the book writer arrives. Luann's talking about her past, and I guess she had a pretty bad past with her dad, and I guess he also suffered from uh, being an alcoholic. So now she can understand the way that he was acting and what he was going through at the time because I guess it went in full circle. Like, she, she experienced it as well. Eventually, after the book writer meeting was over, Dorinda's 55th birthday party, well and way. It was really cool that she invited John to the party. I thought that was really cool. Dorinda, I don't think, likes to hold grudges, I guess, when it comes to her relationships with men. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like she doesn't hold grudges with the women, but she kind of does for like a second. And then they yell and they do like World War Three with their voices. And then they're like, oh my God you like I fucking hate you bitch now I love you this is so great I feel like it's like that but it was nice that she invited John and I think he was really appreciative of it she said a toast so lovely saying that the best present sat in front of her which was all of her friends and no it wasn't 50 or 51 it was a small beautiful group that loves Dorinda and I'm sure Ramona wasn't even thinking of that because she was probably wondering like what's going on in the Upper East Side like what's going on like I need to meet a hot guy but you know she stuck around so way to go Ramona woo woo we also see ooh, this was pretty good Dorinda is trying to help Ramona close all of the apps on her phone because I guess her phone's all jacked up at the moment Luann this was the worst time to do that First of all, do it whenever it's not Dorinda's birthday. That was just like not classe. De classe. Isn't that what you say? So she told Dorinda, put your phone down. Enjoy the moment. Put the phone away. That was not good because, you know, Dorinda, she flipped her lid and she's like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, not really that, but you, you get what I'm saying. After that whole thing happens and they're kind of like yelling for a second, what the fuck? Luann just finds a microphone from wherever and she just starts, happy birthday, let's go to the car, you, as she's making a long ass speech. But it was great. Ramona was super jealous, probably because she wasn't the center of attention, but I enjoyed that. And it was just hilarious to see that these ladies were fighting for the mic. Luann had it. Ramona wanted it. It was just like seriously crazy. Just sing happy birthday to the gal and sit down, get your ass a drink, have some cake, be merry. Yes, honey. That was pretty much the episode of our New York ladies. Let's get to Potomac. Holy shit. There was a lot of stuff happening there. Wendy gets attacked by T'Challa, which by the way, I just want to take a minute right now and say... How upsetting Chadwick Boseman dying at age 43 from colon cancer. Oh my God. Saw that on my phone. My heart was falling to my feet. It's just so sad to hear, first of all, that he passed, but also he was going through that battle for four years quietly. So my thoughts and prayers are out to his family members and all that knew him and all of you who are fans of him, Wakanda forever Rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. So now, getting back to our Potomac ladies. Way that it starts. Candace and Chris are looking at houses at her mom's townhouse. I mean, her townhouse. And she's a little bit more open about having a baby with Chris. Obviously, we've seen her be a little skeptical because she doesn't think that she'll be a good mom because of the upbringing that she had with her mom. Even though I know that Miss Dorothy did everything that she could at the time that she was raising Candace, but I still think the lady's got some issues. That's just my own opinion. They also, she's also telling Chris about Karen's party when she was coming out all Beyonce Pepto-Bismoling it up with her suit and she 
she also expressed that she did talk to Giselle. Giselle came up to her and said, I'm a bad bitch. Don't call me a monster. Boom. So then we see that Monique wants to invite all the ladies to her lake house, which is somewhere in Maryland. But apparently we see that it's like in the middle of nowhere. And like you could probably get murdered there. Like it's fucking scary there. But it's beautiful at the same time. But it is definitely a place where you could be like, I'm staying here, but I also feel like I could die. That's it. Whenever Candace gets the invite, she's talking to Chris and like, I don't know if I want to go. I'm kind of like not good with Monique and we kind of hate each other. So I don't think I want to go. So she's basically being petty Betty. Petty Betty. Chris, damn, he is a good husband for her. Let me tell you, he is such a patient dude. And bravo to you, Chris, because you got a lot of patience like you the dude. And Candace thinks that you are too. So there you go. But Chris is talking to Candace to go because Candace only has bad beef with Monique. She doesn't have any bad beef with the other girls. So he's like, come on, let's put it in perspective. Take the Monique drama back to your mama. Get the fuck over it and go hang out with the other girls. Have a good time. Also, we see Ashley's having a little bit of anxiety about this lake house trip because she doesn't really want to leave baby Dean. She's like, I don't want to leave him. I'm his mom. I need to breastfeed him. I need to pump a dump. You know, all that kind of shit. But later on, we find that she brings baby Dean. So I don't know if she asked Monique or if she just was like, I'm bringing baby Dean, whichever. But if she wanted to bring baby Dean, who who cares? But guess who did care? Wendy. We'll get there in a sec. We see Karen, Giselle, and Monique. They are driving to the lake house together. That was pretty awesome. First of all, why would you put beautiful Giselle in the back of the truck with T'Challa? I mean, cool, whatever. But the bird's scary. I wouldn't want it to be sitting by me. It like looks at you. Yes, it's in a cage, but still. Why are you making Giselle sit by T'Challa? She's she's like high class, first class. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't deserve to be sitting with T'Challa in the backseat of a truck. Again, she's my queen. Y'all know that. So when they get to the lake house, all three of the women are like, oh, this will be a really good time so we can get to know Wendy. She seems really cool, but like we don't know a damn thing about her. So let's see what this lady's all about, right? Candace ends up showing up. Surprisingly, no one knew that she was coming. Gosh darn. After Candace shows up, we see Wendy showing up. As soon as Wendy sees Ashley with baby Dean, she's like, what the fuck? Why couldn't I bring my baby Cameron with me? She's younger than baby Dean. Like, what the fuck is this? This is messed up. So I guess that triggered her, clearly. When they were talking, when they were all in Monique's kitchen, they were all talking to each other and how all of the girls said, we would love to get to know Wendy better. Wendy replies, yes, I want to get to know you ladies as well. And then dun, 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 dun. How do birds sound? How do birds sound? (laughs) T'Challa. T'Challa fly. T'Challa flies in the house. Goes straight to Wendy. (laughs) And all the other girls are in the corner and they're like, they have that big, oh my God, face. Like she's getting attacked by T'Challa. Oh my God. That was the most hysterical thing because she is screaming like a motherfucker. It was so hilarious. But guess what? Dr. Wendy, I would be doing the same shit because that would scare the daylights out of me. T'Challa. Oh. You scared, you scared her. You scared me too. You you scared every one of them in that room. It was so great. So after the whole T'Challa attacks Wendy ordeal, which lasted probably about mm, 
wasn't less than three seconds, but it was still so good. I bet you there's going to be like a shit ton of um, gifs out there or gifs, whatever the fuck you call them. You get what I'm saying. Wendy then talks about how she's a little bit uh, angry and a little jealous that Ashley could bring baby Dean, but she couldn't bring baby Cameron, especially when she said she put a lot of work in to come into the lake house. She did a lot of shit for it. You know, she's got three kids total. Even though she's not a new mom, she's on her third child. She still wants to be with Cameron. Ashley's saying, yeah, but I'm a new mom. And guess what? All the other girls were saying that too. They're like, yeah, but Wendy, you don't understand. Like, Ashley's a new mom. Wait, you do understand. You know, you know, she's a new mom. And then Wendy's like, what the fuck? I'm technically a new mom too. I have another kid. Come on. What gives? But then you see Robin. She's kind of like stirring the pot and she's like, I don't really understand. And I'm like, Robin, you go. Look at you. Shady, shady. Yes. Underground. Love it. Then Wendy just freaks the fuck out and then they all calm down and then they move on. We see that Karen calls Ray and asks, Ray, do you miss me? There are crickets. We are seeing that Ray Huger and Karen Huger are not as tight as we've seen them in the past. And that kind of makes me sad for her because I know Karen is such a ride or die for her relationship, Ray especially, and he's just not... He's not responding what he should be giving her because she's giving him a lot of love over the years and I think she's getting really hurt that their communication is strained at this point even though she says that her love is strong but sometimes love doesn't make things stay together you know I'm not saying that they're not together that's not what I'm saying but there are cases whenever love is not enough to make something work out it's not for this case, for Karen. But I'm just sad for her right now because we are seeing her go through a struggle with her marriage. We see Candace going off in the little golf cart to Giselle's guest house with Robin. She wants to go there to approach her and basically say sorry again because I'm not gonna lie, Giselle's pissed at you. And when Giselle's pissed, she's like me. She holds grudges. And I kind of love that because that just shows you don't fucks with her. Don't fucks with her. Don't fucks with me. You know what I mean? So Candace wants to go to apologize because she's the apologizer monster, right? And basically Giselle was like, hey, you know, you you go to your fingers on Twitter and you put that shit up and it's messed up and it's messy and it's not nice. So Candace, I'm sorry. And then she's like, you know what? I believe what you're saying, but you're not going to be invited to my wedding at the moment. You're on my B list. You're not my A list. You know what I'm saying? So at the moment now they're cool. We'll see if that lasts. You never know with Candace. So then we get up to the little dinner when the girls are talking about how they just want to get to know each other deeper. Oh my God. This is whenever the Karen and Giselle thing come up with the whole Jamal cheating thing is around this time. So Giselle, whoo, she stirs the pot and this is why I love her. She looks at Candace and says, so do people know about your nose job? Oh my God. And then you see Bravo, the producers and shit. They put up an old picture, probably of Candace of high school, what she looked like then to what she looks like now. And I'm not going to lie, just from the photos, it does look a little different. Now, can I confirm that she did have a nose job? No, but there has to be a reason of why it was brought up. So Giselle had to have heard something like, why did she bring it up? But did Candace have a nose job? By the picture, it looks like it. And first of all, there's nothing wrong with it if she did. I mean, we know Naomi from Southern Charm had a nose job. And I thought she looked great without having the surgery. But she still looks great now. So different strokes, different folks. You do you, boo. That's what I always like to say. 
But you know, Giselle brought that up to be shady. She wasn't asking that for sincerity. She was just like, bitch, did you get a nose job? Because I want to throw shade at you. (sighs) Green-eyed bandit, baby. Green-eyed bandit. Yes. Now, as I said before, with the whole Wendy not being able to bring her baby Cameron, the girls were kind of ganging up on her and saying like, why you don't you don't feel like you need to apologize to Ashley because your reaction was like, holy hella, calm the fuck down. Wendy's like, I don't think it warrants for an apology. I'm sorry that you even feel that way because I don't even think I just apologize. She didn't say that shit, but I just kind of contradicted myself just then. But Wendy was like, I don't need to apologize. There is nothing that I need to be sorry for. And Ashley's like, what? That's kind of messed up. What the fuck? Ashley's then calling Wendy ferocious. And then, oh, Wendy delivers the line that we've been seeing in all the commercials. I don't deal with fake bitches like you. (laughs) Honey. Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. With that happening, Robin is then confused on why Wendy wouldn't apologize. Well, confused or not, she just didn't want to. And I don't think anyone's going to do something that they don't want to do. So Wendy didn't want to do it. So Wendy and Ashley have a big blow up. Then Ashley needs... Ooh, this was funny. So after she said, Wendy, to Ashley, I don't deal with fake bitches like you. They're still yelling and all that shit. Then Wendy looks at her and says something like, you know, with people like you, you don't call me Wendy. You call me Dr. Wendy. Oh, my gosh, those four degrees, baby. You you better do it. You better do it. She worked hard for those damn degrees and that doctor title. I would call her Dr. Wendy. Even if I fucking knew her like personally and she was cool with me, I'd still call her Dr. Wendy. You work hard for that shit. I will call you a doctor. Now, let's go to the Dueling Divas. So we be at the Dueling Divas for New York, honey. Easy. Elise and Ramona. <laughs> Oh, whenever Ramona was with Luann, Ramona looks at Luann and says, you know what, Elise, she's not a girl's girl. She's not, she's not girl's girl. Basically, she says that Elise is a friend shopper. She's a friend shopper since Ramona brought her into the group. Yes, our New York gal pals of the cast. She is just going from one girl to another girl. She's just all over the girls. Well, first of all, here's the thing. I don't really understand what the hell any of that means. Ramona, whenever you <laughs> whenever you introduce a girlfriend to another set of your girlfriends, isn't the whole point of everyone getting to know each other and them becoming friends? Why does she need your approval if she wants to hang out with Leah by themselves or if she wants to hang out with Dorinda in Tinsdale or whoever without you? That's just called hashtag jealousy and hashtag I want to control everything. Like, come on, Ramona. You're up at the point 1%, whatever the fuck that you say it, the Upper West Side, calm down. Put your panties on. Don't get them all in a roll. Like, everything will be fine. But I thought that was hilarious. She said that Elise is not a girl's girl. She's a friend shopper. Bam. Duel. Now, we go to Ramona and Dorinda. Same shit. Ramona concerned about her anger issues. Dorinda's like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. You get the story. I don't need to hash that out again. So when we get to Potomac, obviously still the Candace and Monique drama, it is unfolding slowly. We saw that it is to be continued for next week as far as the episode. It was a little unresolved. Maybe shit will happen there between Monique and Candace. I honestly feel like they're really just going to wait until the very end to show us the crazy ass drag me Monique type of thing. They're going to wait for it, but they're giving us little crumbs. 
But at the moment, the Candace Monique drama isn't really highlighted as much in this episode as Wendy and Ashley, Wendy being butthurt that she couldn't bring Cameron. And honestly, I'm team Wendy for that. She has every right to be upset that she couldn't bring Cameron. If she would have known that she could have brought baby Cameron, she would. I don't understand why the girls were kind of ganging up on her with that. You're not a new mom thing. That was just kind of not cool. So I'm team Wendy. Girl, you should have brought baby Cameron. I support you. The girls were wrong. They were getting on your case. I didn't like that, even though I still love them. But you know, even if you get mad at people you love, that is the nature way of life. I know. I tried to sound really profound, but I just sounded stupid. (laughs) So now we're going to go to the weekly shade with our New York gal pals. A lot of shade thrown here. It was so, so good. So first shade would be the whole Dorinda telling Leah, hey, are your friends going to go home and change out of their pajamas for her 15th anniversary of her clothing line, Married to the Mob? The shit looks really cool. A little too expensive for me, but it looks really, really cool. Ooh, another shade concerning that whole thing. After Dorinda says the whole pajamas thing, Leah looks at her and says, some of these sweatpants cost over $2,000. Dorinda says, well, they're overpriced. They overpaid. Damn, that was super shade thrown at a party. That was all about the streetwear sweats. I didn't like it, but it was kind of funny. So I guess I did kind of like it. Now, moving on, Ramona walks right past Elise whenever Elise is trying to get her attention. (laughs) Elise is like grabbing after her arm and Ramona just looks back and she's like, I don't, I don't know you. And then bam, that's whenever the duel's like, what? I've been a good friend to you. That's what Elise says, all that kind of shit. And then from there, Ramona being the dramatic drama queen that she is, she leaves the party in her gold ass pants, trying to go to a different place. I'm assuming because she's looking, I need to get my car. She wasn't having fun because Elise came up and she confronted her. So let's just be real people. Now she's not friends with Elise. So she can't say, I have like 50 girlfriends. Now she's going to have to say, I have like 49 girlfriends. Like they're really close to me. 49, honey. 49, not 50. L-O-L. Ha <laughs> ha. Dorinda threw some shade about Ramona, that she collects friends the way that that people collect leaves in the fall. They rake them all in, those leaves. That's how she collects her friends. Super fake friendships and then they leave. That's how Dorinda sees Ramona's friendships with her 50 closest girlfriends. If we continue, ooh, Leah throws this totally true about Ramona. She's like, you know, Ramona doesn't mean to be one of the rudest people in the world. She just doesn't have the awareness of how socially awkward she is, which we know that she is. Even when she compliments you, she completely disses you. That's very true. So Leah, that is a true statement. We all agree. And that's all I got to say about that. It's just totally true. (laughs) Now at Dorinda's birthday party, when... (laughs) When Luann gets the microphone and she starts singing happy birthday to you, Leah made a wonderful comment saying, you know, wherever we go, Luann always seems to find a microphone. You know why? Because life is a cabaret. But life is not a cabaret! Okay, Bethany, we all know that. We learned that from you. So true. Now, moving on to our Potomac women. As I said, this was kind of mean shade that I think Karen brought up just to be super shady with Giselle about the whole Jamal thing and the whole cheating scandal while they were trying to get to know each other. So that is shade number one. 
Shade two. This is actually pretty funny. Giselle referring to Monique's bird because we all saw Giselle was not liking the bird, just like Karen. She was not liking the bird, T'Challa. I think the only one that really likes the bird is Monique, to be honest. But you know what? That's the only one that needs to like the bird because she owns the bird. So there you go. Giselle feels like she understands why Monique got the bird in the first place. And she said that Monique needs someone to listen to her talk. So I guess T'Challa, you're listening to Moni. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, though. She did say that in her confessional. She's like, yeah, it's nice that I can talk to him. She says so much shit to him because eventually he's going to learn what she's saying. Kind of like a baby, I guess. But, you know, Giselle wasn't wrong whenever she said that. So was that shade or was that just honesty? Karen, also shading Giselle as usual. She is the shade monster. I would say with the whole monster saying, I'm going to use that as a positive thing and flip it and make it amazing as opposed to a negative thing. So Karen's the shade monster. It's a great thing to be. Shading Giselle's style. Saying, Giselle's an attractive woman, but her style needs a lot of work. Saying basically that she has no style. That's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. Do I love everything that Giselle wears? No, but I'm like that with all the housewives. I don't love everything that they wear. And guess what? Whenever they come on to the reunion, sometimes they look at their old looks and they're like, what the fuck was I thinking? So Karen's just trying to stir in the pot. She's really good. But then we go back to Giselle, Green Eyed Bandit. She is the queen of shade. And this is why I love her. She's talking about Candace in her confessional after they made up and they said their apologies. Well, Candace saying her apologies. <laughs> Giselle says that it's nice to have a chihuahua to bring to the party. You know, they're little, but they say a lot of shit. So I guess uh, Candace is kind of like a chihuahua, according to Giselle, with what she said on the episode. So damn, that was super shade. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Let's go to the quote. I feel like I enjoyed this week's quotes more from my New York girls than I did my Potomac girls. However, Robin said something really funny that I feel like a lot of moms could relate to potentially. Even though I'm not a mom, I say that. But I think moms could relate to this if they have more than one child. But I'll get there. So let's start with New York. (laughs) Sonia was so excited about those young men at Leah's party. Obviously, it was a lot of a younger crowd than our New York ladies because the atmosphere and the vibe was just different. The vibe that Leah's party was at was totally my vibe. Maybe it's just because I'm closer in age with Leah, but I loved her party and I would have loved to have gotten an invite. Sonia goes in there. Oh my God. She's like, oh my God, where do I start? Hot guys. That was super cute. (laughs) And then she says, I love this group of men and they all look like they're over 24. Ooh, Sonia, Sonia's got it. She's got it. And it will always keep working because her personality is great and I love it. I also enjoyed the fact when she looked at that young dude and she said, oh, you had Captain Morgan last night. Well, now you have Lady Morgan right now. Yes. Oh, This is why Sonia has the best wit to the show. She is so comical. I also think that she knows that she's comical, so she knows how to turn it on. And I just think it's great. She plays it so well. She can do it whenever a scene is so escalated that it's so uncomfortable and she can just come in there and just make it light. And I love it. Make it light, not make it nice. 
Then she goes on to Leah by saying, I like your friends better than my friends. That was kind of funny to me. And I also think it was just really funny that Dorinda was basically shading Luann about the whole happy birthday thing. But I love the fact whenever she was trying to sing happy birthday to you, I'm at a bar mitzvah, happy birthday. Let's go to the car while you, you. That was hilarious. I loved it. I loved it. Now, if we're at Potomac, Robin. Robin Robin says this about her youngest child, which I'm not going to lie. I kind of forget his name. Corey's the older one. I forget the, the younger one. But anyways, this totally makes sense with the quote that I'm going to read you. She says, my second kid, sometimes I don't even remember his name. So the fact that Wendy's tripping on the third, girl, please. Oh, my God. I think so many mothers can relate to it. I know that my mom can. Sometimes my mom doesn't even call me by my first name. She calls me by my dad's name or my brother's name. And I'm like, hello, that's not me. My name starts with a K, not a J. What are you doing? Giselle also said something about the service at Monique's Lake House because none of the ladies could get service on their phone to talk to anyone. Giselle says, you know when your phone says no service? You know what that means to me? Get the fuck out. Yes, she's right. She's right. Because the area, it looks nice, but you're there all alone. There's not really a lot of people around. So Giselle's, what she's doing is she's she's staying woke. Let's just be real. She is being awake with everything that she's doing. And I appreciate that because that's what I would do too. And as I said, Wendy to Ashley, I don't deal with fake bitches like you. Loved it. My quote of the week, definitely coming from New York. My girl, Sonia. Yes. I would say all of her things were just fucking hilarious. I would probably say the Captain Morgan one was the best. You had Captain Morgan last night. Well, you have Lady Morgan right now. Love it. Sonia, I love this. Also, I'm hearing this through the grapevine. With the Real Housewives of New York, after this season, with Dorinda leaving, are they going to try to center it more around Leah and her friends? I don't know. If that's the case, what do you guys think? I, they can't they can't get rid of our original OGs. You can't do that. It's just the show will not be the same if you get rid of Ramona, if you get rid of Sonia and Luann. You can't do it. You'll make me so upset. We need Ramona. She was like, Ramona and Luann were like the headhunter. They were like the main ones. You can't get rid of them. And Sonia's just a gem. So I don't know if the talks of that are true or if they're just going to add a couple cast members. I know that I spoke to David about that and he kind of gave us the little juice on that. <sighs> we'll see. I also did see the quick commercial of all of the housewives from one of the housewives from each franchise. They were doing like a Zoom call and they were waiting for another call from one of the housewives of Salt Lake City. I guess that's premiering sometime in the fall, October or something. I can't remember. So that's coming up. I, again, am a little skeptical, but maybe it'll be a lot better than I think. So we'll see. That's a wrap, honey. Thank you. Another episode in the books. Follow me on Instagram, as I say before, Bravo Yinzer. That's Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. So at Bravo Yinzer, follow me. Yay. Like us on iTunes. Follow, subscribe, rate us five stars. It's all about the ratings. It's all about the downloads. Tell your friends about the show. I really appreciate you guys listening, especially the ones that keep coming back and they keep listening. I appreciate all of you. Tell your friends. I know that there are a crap ton of Bravo believers out there, and I just want to talk to all of you. So spread the word. Spread the love, okay? We could say spread the bruv. (laughs) 
Like, bravo, love. That's so dumb. Also, follow us at Believe Podcasts and Believe Pop Culture. That is B-L-E-A-V. Thank you so much again for listening. I appreciate Yin's guys. I will talk to Yins next Tuesday. I'm not going to do the see you next Tuesday because I feel like I'm going to be overusing it and it's going to be fucking annoying. So I'll chat on Tuesday and have so much fun with your quarantine and your popcorn watching The Real Housewives of New York season finale. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.